0: We're more or less on par with where the trade was last year. I suppose it's just those continued high production costs but I suppose it's whenever you you look at the product coming in or the lambs coming in, you know, if they're not at the highest quality then you obviously can't service the highest quality markets with them. So the better the quality of the lamb coming in the better return that could be provided.
1: Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode we bring you less insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Now in this episode I'm joined by Seamus McMilleman, sheep sector manager. James gives an update on the current market, some of the challenges we're we'll seeing. We also look at the international trade, what's been happening, and how it's impacting our export market. We look forward to next spring and the potential impact an early Easter and Alia Ramadan might have on the target trade. We finish up the episode discussing promotion activity aimed at targeting the younger audience to improve domestic consumption. We hear first from James who discusses this year's lamb throughput.
0: If you look at the spring lamb kill, it's running for the year to the year about just under 475,000 head so we're back about 60,000 head from where we were this time last year so there it's looking like there's a lot more lambs in the system now there's a few things sort of have contributed to that you know there were reports of, of lower scanning percentages particularly among those those early lambing flocks. and um, you know, there's people did shift to lamb that two weeks later, and then you know between periods of near drought and and then now rainfall, it has slowed down sort of the lamb performance. But but overall, I would still say there's probably an extra thirty or forty thousand lambs in the system that would have been gone this time last year. You know, so it is looking like there's there's going to be more lamb pushed into the into the back end of the year. Um. Look at the overall sheep kill. Um, it's probably running that bit higher if you look at total figures, because we had such a big carryover of hoggets from from twenty twenty two into this year, and that sort of kept the kept the kill going. You know, for the first for the early months of the year, um, and then the yo kill after a very strong start um, has declined in recent weeks. So I think it's actually run about eight percent behind last year, but that that only accounts for maybe an extra fifteen thousand less yo's killed.
1: There's a couple of things feeding into that. I suppose, you, you touched on. Um, the hog that killed, we, we probably have seen that shift in our system completely That that bit more of a carryover hog that's, that's yeah. going to be there every year from now on anyway. But I suppose the, the biggest impact this year has been that poor weather early on and probably a little bit less feeding on the ground
0: exactly and, and it's probably been seen at the end as well in the lambs that are being presented for slaughter you know some of the the factories have reported back you know lighter carcass weights you know lambs coming in underfinished, and um, you know and then that obviously impacts the the carcass quality and the uh and, you know, and then the number of markets that they can then go to with, with their product. And just in terms of the, the seasonality piece and the hoggets you know, like this year, I think we've seen an extra 70,000, uh, between seventy and 80,000 extra hoggets carried into 2023 for killing. But that was on the back of an the a 200,000 head increase the previous year. So we've definitely seen a shift in the supply pattern of sheep to later in the year and more of a carryover into the following year.
1: It looks like that's going to continue on. Um Look, we just touched on the carcass a little bit for a moment. Typically in August, we wouldn't really be seeing a big issue with Lake Carcass going. Maybe the opposite, is that we're starting to push towards slightly heavy carcasses going in. Put that a little bit in context for me. What are we talking about here in Lake Carcass and what is the issue with it? I
0: suppose the... the, the the biggest market, or the the biggest amount of uh, market available, is for those lambs that are nineteen to twenty one kilos. You know that fulfils your your carcass trade into into Europe, as well as your your retail trade into Europe and your retail demand on the domestic. They all have a very similar carcass weight window. So once you drop below those carcass weights, and then you drop out, you know a, and the lower fat cover as well, you know you're more limited where you can go with that product, and then that then impacts obviously the the price being returned then to the to the producer. But I suppose it's just the, the the carcass weights are there because they're they very much market driven. You know that's the that's the widest range of you know, carcasses within that range can fulfil the widest range of market orders, and that's obviously why the the the, the market is looking for them. So it's
1: it's not delivered. The carcass fat is another slight issue in this. Your fat's got one simply going in with those lighter carcasses. you yeah, yeah. You're going to get less carcass fat, so that you, that's going to be an issue as well.
0: Yeah, and that I suppose then dicky. You see, the as you say, at this time of the year, usually that wouldn't be an issue. But we've gone through periods of, you know, stunted grass grow, growth with growth with drought, and um, you know, there were in periods of, you know, the ground the ground's very wet at the minute, and that and that'll impact the, the grass quality. And if you're not going in with some level of concentration you know, it that does impact the fat cover, and the lambs are they're coming in that wee bit that wee bit rougher maybe than traditionally would be at this time of the year. Um, and obviously, then the, the cost of feed, you know, a producer has to do with sums um you know, is it is it worth putting the, the feed into that lamb? But, um, you know, sending an underfinished lamb into the into the factory doesn't really help anyone. You know, it would be um, they, they should consider the live trade. You know, if their if their lambs aren't aren't going to make the spec,
1: right? Certainly, from a production point of view, for a producer point of view, there's a need maybe to reduce stock, cash flow, all the reasons. But as you said, yeah, the live yeah. trade could be better. But that underfinished carcass not only is the size, but maybe not what is required for the product, but. The level of carcass fat's going to be a bit of an issue for presentation and for storage, I imagine, on them as well.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's whenever, it's whenever you see the, the the cuts of the individual animal, you know, sitting in a, in a retail pack, you know, it, it impacts then, you know, the when the consumer's coming in. And if it doesn't look like the right product in the pack, then it obviously impacts sales.
1: Look, one of the other big issues at the moment is we've seen the decline in price, we see market issues. Maybe, she was just put that a little bit in context. What's happening on the international market? Where are some of these pressures coming from?
0: we've seen the the eu come out with their latest forecasts for the year and they're actually forecasting a a decline in production in the eu overall and that's mainly been driven by declines in the french and the spanish sheep flux Um, and while that's a positive then the the negative side of that is that they're expecting a 12 percent maybe a bit more of an increase in imported product coming in and in the last two years we've seen very uh, stunted sort of imports from the uk into europe um, particularly on the carcass trade, and that's allowed Irish exporters to sort of gain market share. But there's been a bit of a shift of focus now in the UK. Like they're talking about a, a 15 to 17% increase in what they're looking to export, um, and, and practically everything they export was into Europe. So they're coming in to compete directly against us for the, same, um, for the same customers, and they're at a very similar price point to ourselves. And then on the other side, then you've got, you know, You've got a lot more Australian product um, in the global market than you've got New Zealand, and there there has been an increase in the volume of those products that are coming into Europe, and particularly in frozen form. That's then completely undercutting the the European products.
1: Just maybe expanding on a little bit for me, there has been some of that product that always coming in. Has that cheer changed?
0: Um, there has been an increase. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's it's early days yet, but I suppose there's there, it's a two two factor um, thing. One is the UK's trade deals with Australia and New Zealand. There's the potential for more product to come from the Southern Hemisphere into the UK and thereby free up more UK product to come into Europe. And then also then there's obviously the direct imports of from New Zealand and Australia going into Europe as well. So there, there's definitely a lot more product about. Um, and the New Zealand in particular have shifted from sending a, a chilled product to a frozen one, which is then at a lower price point. And, and the report sort of that we're getting back is that a lot of that came in earlier in the year and was in storage. And now it's coming back out onto the market at the minute. Okay, so I'm
1: starting to see some of the Brexit effects with the Australian and them coming in. Like the Australian story itself, was they've rebuilt their flock over the last twenty years. Huge volumes been exported at the moment.
0: Yeah, like they, they they've seen. Um, a, I think it was a six percent increase last year, three percent of before So we're overall probably about a ten percent increase in their in their sheep flock over the last few years. And obviously that's then starting to come through in terms of their their export capacity. Um, the. The domestic consumption of lamb in Australia has also come under pressure, um, which is then released even more for for export, um, uh, and there's been a bit of a rise in their carcass weights as well. So overall, it's just pushing more and more stuff out of Australia onto the global market. And um, traditionally, um, sort of the US and China would have been very strong markets for Australia. And while China has shown signs of recovering and taking a lot more volume in the last few months than it than it had been, it's for a lower, much lower price point than um. Than what had traditionally been paid, and obviously that's then been feeding back into the the Australian you know farmer price, and we've actually seen it just fall below three euro there in the last week or so, just with the the pressure on the trade. So obviously they're they're sending a lot of product into China, but they're starting to look further afield and looking to get more stuff into the EU and the UK because it's returning a a, a strong price for them.
1: a no, great story for Australian farmers, either like huge volumes going out, but that price point is dropping consistently on them
0: yeah yeah look it's, it's been it's basically been um in in, in free fall now for the last three or four months as their as their supplies have picked up their prices just just come severely under pressure and obviously they export a lot and um you know when we when we talk about china you know imports dropping by one or two percent and a one percent drop in australia or in china's imports is the equivalent to everything we export so they have a huge impact on the on the global trade and they just
1: they could take that point one step further the reality of this is if that changed the other way in a more positive light it could have a big impact it's, on the exactly
0: exactly so at the minute I suppose we see sort of economics right, difficulties in China just following on from Covid but there is um, there is a strong demand for lamb in the market you know a lot of it goes into like hot pots and food service and, and things like that and we do have a really growing urban population in China um, that that are looking at increasingly westernised um, diets and, and lamb's obviously high on that agenda so if China Upgrades in terms of the quality and the type of product that is taken off the global market, it will have a huge impact then on um, on the global trade. We've also seen the US there; their their import demand was quite subdued there for about six months or so. But there's also sign that that's starting to recover as well. So that 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 should help.
1: We talked a bit about the US before. We've gained access to America. Where are we at at the moment with plants getting approval to put cheap meat into it?
0: Yeah, you know, the the plants are still engaging with the USDA and our department and getting that approved. You know, we do have access, but now it's down to getting the individual plant just to meet the meet the specification that the that the USDA cert requires. So, um, not that it's any more restrictive than you know our normal certs. It's just a slightly different way of working. Um, maybe then the, the plant would usually run so they're continuing to work with the department in the USDA and getting that, getting that sorted um, but uh, not, nothing, no, um, no white smoke as yet
1: well, look, I suppose it's important about that in context we're not going like, to be talking huge volumes into it but it's probably
0: higher end market Seamus it is that we i suppose in anticipation of getting product into the market we have first of all an eu campaign for beef and lamb that covers the us so we've been doing a lot of um work and sort of you know raising awareness of irish lamb through that um and then we've also done an insight study you know as you know where's the best place for our exporters when they get there where's the best place to play so it's looking like um there's a there's obviously a strong recognition and for, for Irish products there and the, the key demand will most likely be in um in high end food service you know for your your racks and your lines and your higher value cuts, it'll never be a massive market in terms of volume, but it does have the prospect of returning um a high value.
1: But again, like every little helps, is all adding to the greater demand in the sheep meat. Look, I suppose if we look back at the market, corn challenges likely to stay there for the coming weeks. If they maybe look a little bit for the forward we we'll see the opportunities to lay her on in the year it still could be challenged if we move go for the hogger trade in the spring we've seen an earlier Easter Ramanan has moved back a bit earlier will that have an impact on the hogger trade next spring?
0: Yeah well there is you know the, when you come to these Muslim festivals there, there tends to be a, a real spike in demand obviously for lamb in the run up to them and, and during them and then it's typically the largest weeks of throughput that we have, you know, and there does tend to be a, maybe a, an improvement in the price as well, you know, as that demand picks up. So, you know, with the early, um, with the, both Ramadan and Easter being earlier next year, it's likely to give a bit of a boost to the hogget trade early in the year. And and particularly if we're looking at more hoggets being carried over into next year or a strong number, you know, it'll it'll help clear the backlog of whatever's there as well, hopefully.
1: I think it'll maybe be looking at store markets are starting up at the moment. So it'll have an impact. Easter, we're moving back to March with it next year. Ramadan, we're heading for early April with it. So it, yeah. it is hitting a nice enough time to move stock through.
0: Exactly, exactly. There'll be a, there'll be a lot of men looking to get, you know, to get um Hoggett's move, you know, especially as they're they're probably lambing their, their next batch, you know. So um you know it'll be bringing them a bit earlier does help because it helps to take a lot more sheep out of the system earlier in the year
1: we talked a lot about the export markets. We also have to consider the home trade here. What's been happening with it and what can we do to maybe improve consumption?
0: Um, we, both the, the domestic market counts for about 15% of what of the land we produce. Um, you know, when there is... Um, uh, there is obviously a, a strong focus within Board BIA just on the, on the domestic market. Earlier this year, we obviously had our, we have our campaign that runs in June, our TV, radio um, and online activities that run in June and September. Um, and uh, I suppose in, in appreciation of the difficult trade at the minute, we've actually just put in another batch of, um, of online and influencer activity there now just to run during the month of August. So it'll it'll just involve Instagram and Facebook, and um, engaging with some of our chefs, and um, YouTube videos. So it's all very digital. But we did do some digital activations earlier in the year, and I'm finding them a really useful way to target your younger consumers. And you know, Lama's, uh, Lam, uh maybe a perception of being an older. Consumers' products, so we're increasingly looking at, at encouraging lamb consumption in those in those younger consumers, um, and also engaging with obviously food services. a as a is a good um, is a good outlet for lamb as well. To so engage in there, you know, with whatever promotions, and um, we can we can support and sort of to to t- encourage higher levels of lamb consumption and, and offerings on menus there.
1: Well, we have to be conscious of that shift in the audience, and you're probably right, James. I get, there is that perception that it is an older person's product so it is so it's no harm to get a new audience engaged in
0: yeah that's it and I suppose it's move away, you know from the the traditional new chops and legs you know so you're looking more at your your grilled lamb steaks your burgers your stir fries your 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 koftas that sort of thing you know that would appeal to a, to a younger consumer just a shift in the market
1: okay so so look if we go back into kind of the way we started, James, like the current big challenge at the moment for producers is trying to get that carcass to within spec and making sure that your drafting weights are correct. They are actually handling, and that they're delivering for themselves on a product that we can actually move.
0: Yeah, yeah, know Like, if we look at the price at the minute there, you're talking, six twenty to six thirty plus your your QA bonuses, so we're more or less on par with where the trade was last year. I suppose it's just those those then continued high production production costs. But um, I suppose it's whenever you. You look at the product coming in or the lambs coming in you know if they're if they're not of the highest quality then you obviously can't service the highest quality markets with them so the better the quality of the lamb coming in the the, the better return that could be provided
1: is going to deliver in terms of price, so it's just way up to options look James, good get yeah. you onto that update today we we'll certainly have you back later on the appreciate your time no worries tom we'll leave it there for this week's episode i'd like to thank James again for coming along with this market at the moment is certainly been half of those challenges that's it for me for this episode. Again, for updates on our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us for more episodes.